Good afternoon. This is Jerry and Brenda with Gems of Truth, Gems and Nuggets of Truth, rather. And uh, here's Brenda to sing a song. She's going to sing, Jesus Took My Heart. And we're going to be talking about that as we go down the Roman road, how Jesus did it. He will take a heart if we submit it to him. So here's my wife, Brenda. Thank you, Brenda. Well, once again, we're going to uh, get back onto the Roman road. And as you'll remember, uh, last week, we talked about how the sin came into the world. We talked about the beginning of time, basically, the, the creation, uh, the, yeah, the creation, I guess, of the, of the earth and the uh, all the animals and Adam and Eve. And so it's really important that we... we we understand that God created a, a perfect, perfect world. And then he put humans into it. And because he gave the humans a right to uh, make a decision on their own, think for themselves, that allowed sin to come in. And so we're going to talk, talk today about how to how to get over the problem of sin in our lives? I mean, we're always going to, you know, we're always going to maybe be involved in some things that we should not be involved in. But we're talking about the sin that is going to keep us. That is going to either we're going to make a decision. We're going to make a decision. Either we're going to go to heaven or we're going to go to hell. And we make that decision on our own. No one. And you have heard me say this over and over and over again. Satan cannot make you do anything, and God will not make you do anything. It's going to be our decision as to how we live our life for Christ. We make a daily decision. I don't think anyone that are born-again believers wakes up in the morning and says, well, I wonder how I'm going to live my life today. Am I going to live it for Satan, or am I going to live it for God? That is even That should not even be part of our mentality. But we sometimes we make a decision that eh, maybe I shouldn't have done it, maybe I should not do this, but I think I'll do it anyway. You know, it, it's like the old story as we were growing up. We hear we got this good voice on our left shoulder, and our bad voice, our, 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 our bad voice on our left shoulder, a good voice on our right shoulder. 
And one will say, oh, it's okay to do this. The other says, no, you don't want to do that because that's not, that's not in keeping with the scripture. But we will make that decision. The ultimate decision we make is how, where do we want to spend eternity? Do you want to spend eternity in heaven or in hell? Anyway, we will continue on where we left off last week. As you remember last week, again, we talked about the sin and what is sin and what constitutes sin. I'm going to just start out um, in Genesis chapter 3. I want to read two verses out of Genesis chapter 3. So I'm going to do th- go through a lot of Bible scripture again. So if you want to shut this thing off for a while, get yourself a Coke or a uh, a cup of coffee or, or whatever you want to get yourself comfortable. And by all means, I would encourage you to get something you can take notes with because, again, I'm going to go through a lot of scripture. I'm not going to, when I go through it, I'm not going to explain in detail about a lot of stuff. But I think that if you take the scripture that I'm given, going to give you and you look up it in the Bible and read about it and ponder what you've read on that scripture, it's going to just jump out at you why I've said what I've said. So we're going to start out by saying, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about the the curse and the redemption prophecy. Okay? So we go to uh, Genesis chapter 3, and verse 14 says this, And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go and Thus shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Just a little thought on that. I'm, I'm not sure what the serpent looked like. We know what a serpent is. A serpent is a snake. So I'm not sure what the serpent looked like before this happened. Was he on legs? Did he walk? I, that's a conjecture. I have no idea. All I know is this, is that the serpent was cursed to be on the belly and eat dust all the days of his life. Now, verse 15. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. I want you to get a hold of this one. He says this, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. This is the first prophecy of the coming of Jesus Christ. And this goes way back in the beginning of time where God knew that he was going to have to send his son into this world some, I don't know, five, four, five thousand, six thousand years later to take care of this sin problem. Because he said again, he's going to put enmity between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. Bruising his heel was bruising the heel of Jesus Christ. It was Jesus Christ hanging on the cross. But bruising its head, the serpent's head, meant that Christ was going to crush the head of Satan. It started on the cross when Jesus cried out, it is finished, and it will go all the way through the millennial reign of Christ until at the final end, when the great white throne judgment, where all the dead shall be stand before God and be judged into eternal hell. 
So that's what this is going to be about. Okay? So, that's some background. I hope I didn't confuse you. You may want to take another sip of your coffee. And, and then we'll go from there. We're going to talk this today about the road. This is the beginning of the Roman road. And why do we need it? Why do we need this? Romans 3, chapter 3, verse 23 says this. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans chapter 6, verse 23 says this. For the wages of sin is death. That word death there means hell. For the wages of sin is hell. And in Romans 5, 8. Here's where the, here's where the redemption, here's where God's grace comes in. But God demonstrates his own love toward us. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The beauty of this is that Christ died for us to take away the sin. However, we have, again, I'm going to go back to what I said before, we have to make a decision. Do we want to go to heaven or do we want to go to hell? And people say, oh, I don't want to go to hell. Then let me ask you this, have you got Christ in your life? And if you don't have Christ in your life, you've already made the decision. You're going to go to hell. Enough of that. We're going to go on now. The Roman road. This is the way of the cross. John chapter 14, verse 6. Here you come with a lot of scripture. John 14, 6. The way. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Let me repeat that. No one comes to the Father except through me. We've got people today, we've got denominations, we've got cults, we've got, oh, this is the way to go, this is the way. There are many, many, many different denominations, and I'm not here to judge any Christian denomination when they, talk, when they speak of Christ. But I'm telling you what, if they're not proclaiming Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and the only way to get to heaven is through His shed blood, and if you're part of that congregation or assembly, let me suggest to you, run. Run from it. If they're not preaching Christ, they're not preaching anything worthwhile listening to. And you need to scatter as quickly as you can. John chapter 3, verse 5. This is talked about the rebirth now. Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say unto you, unless one is born out of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That means this, unless one is born out of the water. The water means a natural birth. Unless you're naturally born, obviously, which is water, but he's got to be born out of the Spirit. And that is repentance, uh, turning your back on the world, not just asking for forgiveness. Anybody can ask for forgiveness. But are you repenting for the sin that you committed? Repenting means this. I'm going to turn around. I'm going to run the other direction. And I ain't ever going back. That's what repentance is. So that is the rebirth. Acts chapter 2 verse 38. 
Then Peter said to them, Repent for the remission of your sin, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What I want to point out to you is this. Repent for the remission of your sins. That's, that's crucial. That is absolutely crucial. Let everyone be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Now I want to point out something. And baptism saves no one. Baptism identifies you with Jesus Christ. But it doesn't save you. I mean, if, unless, you re, unless the person repents first. And you're baptized without repenting, without asking for forgiveness, without turning life over to Christ, all you're going to do is you're going to come out of the water being a wet sinner. That's it. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Again, I want to point out something. Just confessing and saying, okay, okay, I'm accepting Jesus Christ, so I guess I'm saved. No. you got to repent. you got to repent. And there's got to be a change. There's got to be fruit on the tree before you know. I mean... If if you walk up to an apple tree, you, what you think is an apple tree, and there's peaches hanging on it, guess what? It ain't an apple tree. It's a peach tree. So if you walk up to someone that says, I've got Christ in my life, and he starts with a whole string of profanity, that tells me that's pretty bad fruit. You probably don't want to hang around that dude because that is bad fruit. Good fruit will come from the goodness of your heart and for Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. You cannot, listen, listen, you cannot. Without conversion, you cannot work yourself into heaven. Works come, Christian works Working for Jesus Christ comes after you turn your life over to Christ. The combination of the two are the works that you need to get to heaven. Now, if you if if you turn your life over to Christ, I mean a, a sincere repentance and conversion and the whole bit, and you never did anything other than that, well, you're still going to get saved and go to heaven. But it's you know what? When you get Christ in your life and the Holy Spirit's leading, leading you, you're going to want to do something. You want to win someone else to Christ, and that's what it's all about. I'll get it. I'll try to get into that later. Again, Romans three, Romans chapter three, verse twenty-four. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, you are justified by His grace. Not by your grace, by his grace. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Now that continues from Romans 3, 24. Being justified freely by his grace, Romans 5, 1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. There is a peace that you receive when you have turned your life over to Jesus Christ in a true Repentance. 
There's a peace that overwhelms you. It will overwhelm your soul and you will know that you are, without doubt, belonging to the body of Jesus Christ. Romans 6, 25. The last part of that verse. The gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. It's a gift. Understand that? It's a gift. You didn't work for it. It's a gift. Because you have turned your life over to Christ through a true repentance, it is now a gift that God, that Christ gives you. Romans 8, 1. There is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now the NIV, and I've read some versions of the NIV that says this. There is now therefore no condemnation who are in Christ Jesus. It ends there. That is not right. What that says is, oh, I've received Jesus Christ, so I guess I'm saved. Regardless of what I do, I guess I'm saved. No, it says this. Um, Where's that? Oh, eight one. There is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. That's where repentance comes in. You walked away from the works of the flesh. Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor power, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is, my beloved hearers, eternal security. Now, you've got to be careful that you don't get that security thing mixed up. This is eternal security. This does not mean it's once saved, always saved. Don't even go there. Once saved, always saved means, oh, if I got Christ in my life, I can do whatever I want and I'm going to be saved. No. There's one There's there's one sin that will keep you out of heaven, from, from going to heaven. And that is the sin of... I just lost a word. The, the sin of, of, uh, of um, rejecting Christ. And I'm, I'm, I'm losing the word that I want. And there's only two ways to do that. Number one is if you, if you never accept Christ as your Savior. And number two, if you accept, if you accept Christ, but later on decide that eh, this isn't for me and you turn your back on Christ. Those two will keep you out of heaven. That's the only thing. The other one, the rest of it is eternal security. Once you're in Christ and you're living according to the Holy Scriptures and you're living the way the Holy Spirit is directing you, no one is going to be able to snatch you out of the hand of Jesus Christ. Okay? So, um, I apologize because I, I messed up. I couldn't think of it. I still can't think of the word that I want. we got to be careful. How we live our life, we got to live our life in true obedience to Jesus Christ. Uh, I, I want to say, well, you know, some people say, well, it's too hard to do this. It's too hard. It isn't. It's making the decision of this is what I, way I want to live my life. I'm going to close with this is the Roman road sin. First week, this week, the road to salvation. I'm going to, I want to read something to you when we talk about 
sometimes we think we go through a lot of stuff and um, we wonder if we're going to be able to bear it and all that, whatever the case may be. This is from Charles Stanley. And he says this, Have you ever had the, had heartache so deep so, or hardship so difficult that it's almost impossible to stand? Like a giant wave crashing on the shore, some trials threaten to overwhelm us. We all experience valleys in life. They might be of our own making. For instance, when we choose to disobey God and our fellowship with Him grows, old, grows cold. Or perhaps other people cause our suffering in situations such as, such as job termination, marital infidelity, or betrayal by a friend. And sometimes occur our Heavenly Father Himself leads us into the valley. Although He could steer us around suffering, He chooses not to because He has a specific purpose in mind. Psalms 23 uses four words to describe these valley experiences. Shadow, death, fear, and evil. These terms evoke, evoke images of oppressive circumstances, grievous affliction, and deep discomfort. And there's no way to hurry through them. That's because both the depth and the length of the trial are determined by the Lord. Thankfully, God promises to be with us and to use every valley, even those of our own making, for our benefit. It is not our job to walk steadily, attuned to His presence, and trusting in His promise. It is our job to walk steadily, attuned to His presence, and trusting in His promises. So when we go through the valley, I say this a lot. It's in the valley where we gain our strength. And every once in a while, God will set us on a mountaintop. And he'll say, see, you came through the valley. This is what I got for you. You know, have the beauty of the sunshine and the beauty of, of the mountains and the peaks. So, my beloved hearers, understand that we all go through troubles and trials. But God is always there. God is always there. God's got this in his hands. There's nothing happening in this world today that God doesn't already know about. So be blessed, my hearers, and I'm going to close with a prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the time together again, and we just pray, Father, we just pray that each one of them has heard this. And even if they haven't heard it, Father, we just pray that you're going to be with those that are going through some struggles, trials, tribulations. But Father, you are the joy in our life. Psalms 27.1 says this, The Lord is the light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? With that in our heart, Father, we know that we can get through whatever Satan throws at us or whatever you decide, Father, to put us through. We thank you for it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.